Hey everyone, welcome to The Funnel, an e-commerce podcast. I'm Shannon Abel, Media Marketing Specialist at Blue Acorn ICI and your host. Each episode, I interview e-commerce experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter most to brand and retail professionals. Today, we have with us Meg O'Connell. She's CEO and founder of Global Disability Inclusion and Sheridan Walker, IT consultant. Today, we'll be talking about disability inclusion and ADA, which stands for Americans with Disabilities Act, and their roles in e-commerce. Welcome, Megan Sheridan. Hello. Great to have you. Hi. Before we jump in, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you got to where you are today? Sure. Uh, this is Meg O'Connell, and I'll start. Um, as Shannon said, yes, I am the CEO and founder of Global Disability Inclusion. Our mission is to help companies diversify their workforce to include people with disabilities. So we have three main focus areas, the workforce, the workplace, and the marketplace. Uh, the workplace, obviously, the infrastructure needed to support people with disabilities at work, the policies, programs, procedures, uh, the workforce is finding talent with disabilities for your job. And of course, the marketplace, most businesses exist to provide products and services to customers and we help companies understand uh, the disability community and that market segment and it's an impressive one in the u.s alone it's 490 billion dollars that people with disabilities spend annually so it's certainly not a, a market to ignore wow. so that's what the company does yeah and um i've been doing disability inclusion the bulk of my career um, mostly within corporations, um, but branched off uh, to start GDI about seven years ago. Awesome. And I'm Sheridan Walker, and I've been in this field longer than dirt, is what I'll say. <laughs> uh, I started off as a therapist working in physical rehab, where one day someone was uh, fine, and the next day they were involved in a car accident or had a stroke, and uh, acquired a disability and so my role at that time was to get people back uh, functioning in the community after uh, sustaining an injury. Uh, since then um, I then went into the corporate world after about 17 years in the healthcare field and went over to corporate because I wanted to know hey what happened to people after they got injured and went got back home uh, what were they doing to get back to work? And no one really talked about that. And so I uh, basically uh, had an idea, worked with a staffing organization that specifically recruits and hires people with uh, disabilities in the IT space and helped them develop uh, that program on a national level and uh, was very successful. And from there, started uh, specifically just doing staffing and with the, with people with disabilities and then with that came along accommodations training and uh, now more than ever uh, accessibility because our world has been everything virtual now so that's kind of my big picture and and uh, where i've been and meg and i have worked together side by side for many many years and i'm uh, just happy to be doing this with her today Great. Great to have you both. So I think ADA compliance is something a lot of people have heard of, especially in the e-commerce world. I would guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's probably something that really catches people off guard. 
So could you kind of explain like what the ADA compliance guidelines are? Sure. So I'll give you an example. Uh, the ADA uh, was launched back in 1990. And for the most part, everybody thought about it as a physical presence, a physical change. So the, the best example I could give is what we noticed in, in the public uh, were curb cutouts. So that sidewalks were accessible to people in wheelchairs. And uh, that was kind of our first aha uh, with looking at what does the ADA mean as far as the public was concerned. And uh, with that came along with everything else accessible. So accessible parking spaces, accessible bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera. But it was mostly related to the physical premise of people getting in and out of buildings and rooms. Now with the digital world, just as the physical doors needed to be accessible, now the virtual doors need to be accessible. And with that comes with digital accessibility or what we call uh, web accessibility. And uh, there are some specific guidelines. Uh, there is no law, I will say this right now, there is no law about web accessibility. However, um, there have been in the last year about a hundred and seventy seven percent increase in uh, violations of websites not being accessible. So what that basically means is people who might use uh, assistive technology, which I'll talk a little bit later about, uh, people who maybe use the internet a little differently than you and I cannot access the website just as we can't access physical doors if you have some uh, disability that uh, impedes you from getting into a door that has not been ADA compliant. So web accessibility, uh, there are guidelines and the guidelines of what you hear is called WEGCAC, right? And that's Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. So W-C-A-G. And there are three different levels to those guidelines. There's an A, single A, double A, and triple A. Single A is the least amount of accessibility, and triple A is the most uh, accessibility uh, guidelines. The global standard is double A. And that's what we're trying to follow, not only in the US, but globally. These are global standards. There are strong laws, if you're a company out there that is global, uh, there are stronger laws than the US, such as Japan, Canada, the UK, Australia, all of them have stronger accessibility uh, guidelines and laws uh, around accessibility than here in the US. So is that helpful? Yes, that was perfect, thank you. What are some of the more common barriers that e-commerce brands are not adhering to for disabled individuals? Yeah, so it's really, if you think about it, it's all about the experience. So when someone, um, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, assistive technology tools that people use to access the internet. Now, um, one of the popular ones for people who are blind, they use what's called a screen reader. And a screen reader basically reads the screen to the individual to let them know what is on the website or the web page. If that is not built 
correctly uh, with accessibility in mind, that person cannot access the site. So if you think about our world in the virtual sense, people who do banking, shopping, uh, recruiting, to name a few, um, if your site isn't accessible, you're going to lose customers, you're going to lose talent, and you're going to uh, really put yourself at risk for not being able to uh, provide services or to provide information to people who need it that you're using uh, an online presence. Is it mostly the coding of the website or is it also about say captioning and videos or using the alt text on images is kind of a mix of all of it? Yes, so there, there are several uh, different areas. The most common right now, all of you can go to your website and if you go and put your mouse over a picture, how does it describe that picture? So that image, right? So the image, if it just says gobbledygook, that doesn't tell, that's what the person who is using a screen reader will hear is gobbledygook. If that picture or that image is describing your services, it should state that in the text and it should be very concrete um, and detailed information. What's really important is effective communication. Um, the website really needs to be uh, well done, simplified with effective communication. And that's really what uh, is being looked at uh, regarding websites, uh, uh, specifically in violations. So um, you've got alt text, you've got the font changes, right, to make something smaller to bigger. You also have color contrast. One in 10 men are uh, colorblind. And if you can't change the color coding to maybe a black background to a white background, or you might have wet, uh, red or yellow colors on your site, that's gonna be very difficult for someone who is colorblind to be able to read that information. So these things are really you know, important and imperative that uh, websites are easy to navigate uh, to be able to basically provide effective communication to those who are visiting your site. Right, and would you say, so who's responsible for making sure that they're following these guidelines? Because, you know, brands say they're using the other e-commerce platform, you know, they're marketing automation, they're using all these different systems to build their, you know, e-commerce sites. So who is, is, are they all responsible to adhere to these guidelines? Who's really responsible for that? Well, everybody should be responsible for this, but I will, I will tell <laughs> you exactly that, uh, what I was going to say as well. <laughs> it's everyone's job to think about accessibility. <laughs> Yeah, and everybody will turn to the other person and say, hey, it's not my job, it's their job. And I'll, I'm going to give you an example of this, uh, you know, especially, uh, we'll, we'll talk about recruiting. So um, let's say a company really wants to recruit and is really putting a lot of effort into recruiting people with disabilities. Um, and they have their brand, they have their marketing, uh, they're putting a lot of money towards this, and then someone hits their website and they can't access it. Uh, or maybe the home page of their website is fine, but as they start going into it and they're using third parties, such as applicant tracking systems, uh, et cetera, they become not accessible. Well, 
to the person being recruited, all they, they don't know it's, you know, uh, an applicant tracking system company. They just see it as that company and they go, oh, great, they're recruiting us, but we can't even get through the front door. We can't apply like everybody else. And they tell us we can only apply online and yet it's not accessible. Mm -hmm. So it's really everybody's responsibility in, in our world. We basically, the companies that we're working with who utilize third parties in any form, you know, whether that be their shopping cart or uh, their applicant tracking system or whatever, because many companies have plugins. To me, it's so important to put in your procurement the web accessibility guideline standards, AA. If you're going to work with us, you've got to be this and you got to prove it and we're going to have an audit and you've got to make sure you're fully accessible because we want everybody to have the chance to buy, purchase, apply and get information from our company. I mean, that's the whole idea for a website, right? <laughs> Anyone right. can access your information, which is what you want. It's public access. So it's really imperative that we all become responsible. But those companies that are hiring the third parties to be a part of their solution really need to hold the standard high and have these third parties be accountable to accessibility. So really, it's all of us uh, have to do this. Do you think it's a lack of education, information out there that people aren't really realizing these guidelines they have to follow? Because like the stat you said earlier, there's a 177% increase in these um, web, web accessibility suits. Um, and there, I think there's expected to be over 3,000 um, in 2019. Mm -hmm. So is it more just people aren't aware, they're getting off, caught off guard? What is this gap? Because like you said also too, it's this massive market that they're not tapping into that they're missing yeah. out on. Well, it's, it has been an awareness issue of not being aware. I mean, if you think about, you know, people in marketing and going to school for marketing and we have the social media era, um, they're not being trained about accessibility. You know, they're not being trained of uh, what that is. They have no idea. And it's the same thing in HR. Uh, you know, I do a lot of presentations and I'll ask people how many in this room have been trained anything disability and, and, you know, hands don't go up very often. Um, now, because the stick is getting greater in a, in a lot of different ways, specifically, if you look just at the virtual piece and the internet, everyone's doing business on the internet. And, you know, these numbers, you know, look at Black Friday, it was like, you know, out of this world, right? So more and more people rather do things online and specifically people with disabilities, you know, it's so much easier, you know, who wants to get in a car and stand in line and be in traffic or what have you, nobody does. And you can double that for people with disabilities. So the internet really brings ease to access. But if we don't uh, start learning about this, it's, it's not rocket science. I think a lot of people think this is hard stuff and it's going to, um, crushed our creativity and what we want on our site and it's really going to diminish uh, what we want to do on the site and that's really not true those are really myths about this more and more what we're seeing in the last few years and I know Meg you can talk about a lot of stuff on this too is more and more people uh, specifically those that are developing websites I'm noticing more themes companies that have templates for websites are, are now starting to put in accessibility. It's, it's not 
totally there yet, but we're starting. The conversation's happening. People are getting out there. Uh, I will also tell you, I'll, I'll, here's, a, here's a, little, a little sidebar story. So Apple, right? Apple uh, is, is the most accessible platform out there right now. Uh, anybody in the world can access Apple. And it wasn't that Apple thought about people with disabilities in the beginning. They didn't. But if you think about the iPad, that was created because, what did Steve Jobs know? We are going to have an aging workforce, more baby boomers than any, any group at all. So accessibility, you know, when you thought about this, was, you know, people who age, what happens to us? Our hearing diminishes, our vision diminishes, you know, we wear the, the granny glasses and we have to do the mag magnification. So if you think about Apple, what can we do? We can hit the microphone and talk to it, right? Hands-free. Um, uh, it, it talks back to us. So people who are blind can hear uh, and just talk to the phone and make phone calls and do navigation with all just talking. Uh, we can pinch our uh, screen to make it magnify. And there's accessibility tools built right into this application. Microsoft has done the same thing. And so it's what I feel when that occurred three years ago, I think it was about three years ago, maybe four years now, Apple was deemed the most uh, profitable company at that time in the world. And I have to say that the reason being is that anyone can use their product. Anyone. So this is so important to the success of companies uh, to do that. 82% of shoppers with disabilities rather spend their money uh, with companies who understand accessibility than those that don't, and same with their family and friends. So this area is huge. It's about an $8 trillion market if you're somebody out there that's selling products. That's worldwide? That's worldwide. Yeah, that's that's globally. And, you know, what I'd like to add to, I agree with everything you said, Sheridan, and I think some of the gaps that we're seeing is around education and educating early and often about the need for access and inclusion. So next year, we'll have 30, the 30 year anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I feel like we're still having the same conversations that we did back in the 90s um, about access to physical buildings and breaking down barriers. And we're now having them about online. And it's such an important conversation for all the things that we've already talked about of people being educated online, people shopping online, people communicating with family and friends online. Everything that we do to network with our family, our communities, is all happening online. So if we're not open and thinking about access and educating kids who are studying coding and understanding um, the marketplace and working with marketers to think about access and inclusion, then folks aren't, aren't doing it. And, and we're leaving out this huge market opportunity for most organizations. So back to our point when we said it's everybody's job, everybody needs to be thinking about it. Um, the folks in sales, the folks in marketing, the folks in coding, the folks working on the website and updating information. You know, I was talking to a company yesterday, a, a well-known IT company, 
and they were talking about their diversity and inclusion efforts and how proud they are that they're they're doing so much, but they know disability's been a step behind or several steps behind. And, you know, when I went to their website, they had all these great videos talking about their diversity and inclusion efforts and the things that they do to make sure that everybody feels included and welcome. And there's no captioning on any of those videos. So someone going to the site with a disability is not going to see any messages of inclusion. As small as that may be, that signals to people with disabilities that they're thinking about access, they're thinking about inclusion, and they're trying to make sure that everyone who comes to the site gets the exact same information, whether, whether you're blind, whether you're visually impaired, whether you have a learning disability, whatever the case may be, you have the same access as everybody else. For the people listening, and they're probably most of them probably don't know like where they where their site stands with the ADA guidelines. What are some next steps they can take to become more ADA compliant? Well, the first thing is they need to you know it takes a village, so they need to uh, to piggyback on what Meg said. They need to get a group together that anybody that touches people, whether that the public. So you've got your marketing team who's doing your branding and marketing out there. You've got recruiters who are recruiting people to come in. You've got your compliance and ADA um, risk management people who uh, are retaining your current employees that acquire a disability. You have HR, right? HR is all the people process. Um, sales and marketing, you know, sales. Right now I'm working with someone that the sales team is, is, is being educated about how their product, it's a recruiting product, but how it's now accessible. They have to learn what that is, what that means. The biggest one, procurement. Oh my gosh, procurement has to know that anybody coming in to the organization needs to have accessibility built into their software. And the last that's you would think is the easiest to know, but we totally forget is IT. Everybody has a laptop, so IT has to get involved to learn. So once you have the people that really need to learn accessibility, then you provide training. There's lots of training out there. Um, it comes in different flavors and fabrics. So if you're a developer, you want to go get, you know, development training, learn how to code. What does the coding mean? If you're someone in your organization that creates PDFs, how do you make a PDF or Word document accessible or PowerPoint presentations? So there's lots of online training. There's, they can come on site to provide training. If you want to get a, a good overview, um, you can go to to the web content accessibility guidelines. It is all there. If you just type that in, the guidelines are listed. They're, they're there for anyone to see, but it is a lot to look at. So uh, I would recommend uh, that you might want to call someone in to help provide training, uh, to, depending on what those individuals do. Um, and have like a baseline and then either learn how to do it yourselves internally or outs outsource to a third party that can handle those things for you. Are there common features or you mentioned plugins earlier too that brands can activate on their website to um, make it more accessible for their customers? There are 
but I will tell you these plugins, um, I, I see them a lot right now and they might do some things uh, for certain things such as color contrast. They'll flip the background to a white to a dark. Uh, they might change the font size. But I will tell you, using these plugins is not the answer. Those are band-aid approaches, and it really comes down to the coding of your website, the fabric of your website, the details behind it. That's where it really needs to be happening because all these other things, uh, specifically those that use screen readers, they can't access anything that has a plugin. They don't cover that piece for the most part and they're left out. Um, so um, they're a good idea, you know, for a Band-Aid approach for the moment, but they don't give you full access and they're still um, excluding uh, a large uh, population of the of people with disabilities that use assistive technology. So I don't recommend those. Okay. And some of the simpler things that brands can start doing would be like we talked about like the alt text on images, the captioning on videos, um, things like that. Yes. Yes. Testing. I think this is important too. Testing a website. This is, this is one of my pet peeves. People say, oh yeah, we tested your site. It's a hundred percent. I had this yesterday. And what they did is they just used an automated software. So the one thing that I really want to make sure your listeners hear is that automation only gets 30% of accessibility. So when someone says, oh yes, we test it and it was great, you want to find out how did they test it? Did they do a manual check or did they use just automation? Um, when you're doing an audit of your site and if you hire someone to do this, make sure you find out how they're going to do the audit. Uh, it definitely, you can have automation, that's fine. It gets broken links and some other things, but you have to have a manual test because it does not, the automation does not pick up uh, things uh, like uh, what a screen reader might need. And so it's very, very important that you do that um, to be fully accessible. Off the top of your head, are there any brands you can think of that are doing a really good job at making their websites accessible? Well, there's Eli. Uh, Ernest Young, a lot of the banks, uh, Bank of America has been doing this for a very long time. Um, Microsoft, of course, is yes. doing great things and, and they have great built-in accessibility features and, and their Microsoft products that a lot of people aren't aware of. So they're really focusing on uh, the B2C angle as well as the B2B angle. And, you know, their site is obviously accessible. They're one of the few companies in the country that actually have a, an accessibility office and they have a chief accessibility officer that reports to the CEO of Microsoft. So uh, there is a team that focuses on nothing but accessibility for customers and for employees. So if we're looking in our crystal ball and talking about what's happening in the future, we're gonna see more and more of that happen. JP Morgan Chase has an accessibility office as well. So we're seeing more and more companies realize the importance of access, inclusion and belonging are the three words we hear a lot, um, really focusing on employees as well as customers because you want your employees to be able to access all of your company information uh, individuals that have disabilities and varying needs and tools and resources. 
And also as we move to interacting more with AI, we need to think about uh, accessibility as this well too. We, we heard the story several months ago of a big company, I won't name names, but that was using AI for interviewing to kind of assess energy and enthusiasm of candidates uh, through the interview process and it was screening out women. And so, you know, what are we doing to make sure we're not screening out people with disabilities and people with disabilities who may not be as comfortable as others with eye contact or, you know, picking up on nuances of conversation. You know, we, we know the rise of people on the autism spectrum is just continuing to grow. So how do we make sure that we're not excluding segments of our population that can really be valuable, not just consumers, but workers and individuals that we want in our workplace to make it more inclusive and diverse. And hopefully it's conversations like this that really help brands, you know, start going the right direction and start making it a priority. Yeah, and we really appreciate you guys raising the conversation because to be frank, you know, and, and Sheridan will attest to this as well too as our, you know, IT expert, there aren't enough of these conversations happening. Um, people are kind of piecemealing. It gets raised as a red flag if someone complains and, you know, it's usually a reactive stance versus a proactive and that's where we want companies to be thinking about access as a proactive measure that will improve their business. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? No, I would just say start now is the best. Start getting out there and uh, learning about it. The time is now. If you're making any changes uh, to your website, if you're going to redevelop your site, if you're going to be changing different software companies from doing certain things for you, now's the time to start looking at your procurement um, to make sure that the accessibility guidelines um, are built into your procurement that they must have. And the time is now. Start learning because it's coming and it's those that uh, want to stay in business will be fully accessible because it may you may not need this now. But it can happen to any one of us at any time when we need accessibility. And the older we get, the more we need accessibility. So I highly recommend folks to start learning about this. Uh, and uh, of course, you know, you can contact Meg and I'm sure you'll have our contact information that if you need any information, we're, we're very happy to uh, make sure you have that. I'll just add to that shameless plug of, you know, we're, we're happy to be a resource. And if there are things that uh, your listeners uh, want to ask questions, feel free to reach out to us on our website. Uh, we're happy to have conversations. And if we're not the right folks for what their project or their need is, we can certainly steer them in the right direction to folks that can do it. So we just want everyone to be thinking about accessibility and we want to help folks get there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Megan Sheridan. I think this was a really important conversation to have. Uh, for those of you listening, um, as I said, you can find more information and reach out to them via the Global Disability Inclusion website. To find all of our episodes, uh, you can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, 
uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the above. All right. Thank you.